0: I'm Jamie and I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast where I steal podcast. and I steal it back. Okay today
1: we are doing our season four three thoughts our season three reflection so I think I'm just gonna start out by going so Beth of season
0: three what did you think? Okay here's the thing right I've, I've been thinking about this all morning because I really wanted to come in here prepared so I've done my my level best mm-hmm. and I think that what I have decided is that of the seasons I've seen thus far, I think season three is my favourite. However, Mm. the overarching season three, I didn't super love. I've had like, I mean, if you've listened to this point, you know I've had issues with like the plot and stuff and like being frustrated not being able to see it. Having seen the whole season does make me feel better about that. But putting that to the side... I think that season three has had the most episodes that I have really, really liked. Like, I think that the episode, like, individual episode quality has improved quite significantly. Like, thinking back, Mm. there are a couple of episodes that I would be like, eh, they were fine. But there were none that I can think of that I didn't like. And of the ones that I liked more than normal, I really liked them. Like, I reckon I've given probably half of this season a 3.5 or above mm-hmm. and I can't really fault any of the individual episodes that hard like I think so I think that all of all of the episodes I really liked, and yes, like, some of the overarching stuff, like, I've picked some holes in it, but a lot of it is personal preference and mm-hmm. kind of nitpicky, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So I think that season three is definitely my favourite of what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, that makes me excited,
1: because season three is not my favourite season of the first one. Oh, interesting. Season four is. So we're about Ooh. to, like, we're about to go into it. Like, looking, I was looking at the episode list just to know what we
0: have to look forward to Oh my god, season. I did that all the fucking time. And I am <laughs> so... Not as absol- leverage, to, no, to, to, no, clarify. No. to Supernatural. clarify. Supernatural. Supernatural. <laughs> I ain't I ain't looking for spoilers oh my god although I'm so sorry to interrupt you but I think I got a spoiler this is for full transparency okay full transparency now I don't follow any leverage blogs on tumblr Specifically, I never have, except for Jamie, who we now have each other mutually blocked for spoiler purposes. Actually, Beth just blocked me. I was like, nah, I'll be right for Supernatural. She's like, no, I no. am blocking you. Yeah. And so, you know, by default, that means I don't see a lot of Jamie's posts either. Or actually any of Jamie's posts. Because she's she got sends me blocked. Them. We'll screenshot and send if, you know, it's yeah. important. But important, I say, about silly <laughs> memes. You know what I mean. Point is, I don't follow any leverage content sure. very specifically. Yeah. However, I also don't filter any tags on Tumblr. Yeah. And also, I'm very bad at tagging things myself. So, I was scrolling, just minding my own business, and I did see a gift set. Now, I've got no context for this gift yep. set, but it was Elliot and Parker, and they seemed to be in the snow? Potentially mm. on a mountain. There was something about someone's wife? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, because they were all dressed in the snow gear, I didn't recognize them immediately. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at the gift going, do I know this from somewhere? And then I was reading the text and I was like, I don't recognize that dialogue. And then I looked closer and I was like, shit. So I, I, I promise I did not. There was like a little like expand option to look at more gifts. I didn't click it and I kept scrolling. But I do know that at some point, like, I don't even know if this is in leverage or if this is within redemption. Yeah. But I do know at some point Elliot and Parker are on a mountain and someone's wife needs to get back to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is just a disclaimer. So I'm probably going to start making a lot of predictions to do with mountains in okay. the near future. Yeah. And if you're wondering why, that'd be why. <laughs> It is now recurring to me that the next episode, I'm pretty sure, is called "The Long Way Down," Jump. which I, maybe about a mountain. <laughs> I think I guessed the. I feel like I guessed mines or something like. Yeah, the opposite you guessed of that. like the
1: opposite of that. You get you were basically like I think they're they're already basically down. Yes, but now I'm thinking you're opening your
0: brain to the now possibility I'm that maybe, maybe they're up. <laughs> okay, so that's a long way down. Yeah, because okay. they have to get this they have to get someone down to the wife or the wife down to someone. That's what I got from the dialogue. Okay. So, obviously I'm not allowed to say (laughs) anything. This is, this is just a a blanket statement for true podcasting transparency.
1: It's, it's, it's bizarre, really. I very
0: of, rarely see anything to do with leverage. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of like stealth supernatural blogs, like blogs that you don't think are supernatural, and they just hear wham with a yeah, the supernatural. Then, November
0: fifth happens, and suddenly yeah. everyone is asleep, a sleeper supernatural blog. Yeah, yeah,
1: and then you've got leverage, where I feel like most people who like are in the Leverage fandom are, like, in the Leverage fandom on main. Mm. Like, we
0: don't have a lot of sleeper agents out there in the wild. Yeah, that's because it's generally less embarrassing to be a fan of Leverage. <laughs> and I say this knowing, like, nothing is cringe and, mm. like, you know, no shade to anyone for the media that they enjoy. But, like, just generally speaking, people are less likely to want to admit that they're a fan of Supernatural.
1: is dead if- until it's about Supernatural.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I say this knowing that I fully love Supernatural with my whole chest. So, anyway... I had to put that in there, but I'm so sorry. I completely derailed what you were going to say. Please carry on.
1: No, I was just saying that season four is my favorite season, and I was looking forward, like, at the episodes that we've got coming up, and I'm like, very few episodes this season do I think are, like, not bangers. Like, a lot of the season Mm -hmm. I'm like, banger after banger after banger after banger. Yeah. We get a lot of, like, more, like, emotional consequences. Awesome. I love that. Not obviously in every episode, it's still Leverage, so 10-year expectations, but we do
0: get some of, like, payoff and dealer, and I'm so excited. Awesome. I'm really excited to hear that, because that is one of the, like, nitpicky personal, Mm -hmm. like, subjective things that I haven't liked about Leverage thus far, is I feel like, outside of big issue things, like Sophie's arc in season two, or Nate's drinking, Mm -hmm. and his, like, whole sort of vendetta in the, mostly season one, following Mm -hmm. into season two, like, I feel like we don't typically get a lot of emotional payoff mm. for, like, arcs that the individual characters are going on. Like, you know, I have a thing about my poor boy Hardison who just never gets to be angry for more than 30 mm. seconds. You know, so it sounds promising to know that maybe we're going to get a little bit more in, like, that regard. But, like, in saying that, again, this is just me being, like, nitpicky. Because it's also left. It's my personal preference. And, like, ultimately yeah. I can't get... Ultimately, I can't get annoyed at a media for being something that it's not.
1: Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Leverage was never designed for
0: multi-episode character arcs. Yeah. That's not the way it's written. That's not the way it's designed. Exactly. And, like, I'm just used to my emotional support characters being, like, emotionally constipated. And so, like... (laughs) <laughs> While we're talking about
1: emotional support characters, let's transition into how you feeling about the characters this season. I think the one that we have to start with, obviously,
0: Elliot. Elliot, yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I think that very much like the, is it the Scheherazade job where there's the multiple different per, uh, perspectives? Rashomon. Thank you. Much like the Rashomon job, I think that season three's highest value, and this is going to fall into my rating mm-hmm. as well, will be on rewatch. And my reasoning is because now when I go back through it, and I think I will, I want to be looking through Elliot's POV specifically. Mm -hmm. Because I think that a lot of what you've said about, like, you know, there's more foreshadowing in season three and stuff. I have to assume that a lot of it falls into Elliot's Mm -hmm. characterization. And, like, I think we briefly talked about it, you know, about... He's, like, acting, like, pretty sleazy this season in some places. Well, not even this and season. Like,
1: it starts at the end of last, last season. season. yeah. So it's, like, whether that is – because that's something they normally do to characters to establish them as, like, the Mark of the Week or the Villain of the Week mm-hmm. or as generally not a good dude. And they had – Elliot do some of it near the end of last season yeah which like is
0: sort of prepping the audience in a way which is weird if it's not intentional yeah yeah exactly and we called them out on that Mm -hmm. so like I think that the idea that that was actually an intentional choice to sort of lead the audience down this path of like hey potentially Elliot is not as clean cut as we've kind of led you to believe and like It's it's one of those things where like this whole crew, like we know they're not clean cut. We mm. know they have pasts. We know they're criminals. They yeah. literally, they celebrate the fact they're criminals. Yeah. Like, but it is very easy to forget that they have quite sordid pasts because we see them now committing crimes, but for, like, the right reasons. So it's really easy to forget when you're looking at these characters that you've grown quite attached to, to remember that they've done some shit. Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting, like, if that was an intentional decision that they made to, like, have him portrayed as more sleazy so that you kind of go, oh, something's, like, not sitting right with me with Elliot, Mm. you know? I think that's really fucking clever. And also there was one particular example that I thought of this morning, and I'm having an absolute blank about it right now, and I'm really annoyed because I wanted to talk about it. Anyway, hopefully, look, hopefully yeah. that comes back to me. If it comes back to me when I'm listening to this, when yeah. Jamie's edited it, I'll let her know and we can maybe squeeze it in somewhere. But basically, I think it would be super fascinating to go back and rewatch this season purely through the lens of something's up with Elliot. Yeah. And to be able to see his like emotional journey because mm-hmm. I think that there will be a lot more value in mm-hmm. rewatching it and understanding the sort of emotional turmoil that he's going through throughout the season. Okay. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add about Elliot? I'm really annoyed that I can't think of this point that I had Mm -hmm. um, because I really wanted to make a note of it, but I just don't think it's coming to me right now. So, Mm -hmm. well, I will bring it up if I think of it. But, no, for the moment, I think that,
1: like, Elliot... And I think it's pretty obvious that you were at least semi-correct when you said, I think each season's going to kind of focus on a character. This is the Elliot season. Like, obviously, some seasons are more clear-cut as one character over yeah, like the Yeah, like last
0: season or, or season one. Like, yeah.
1: But I think you could definitely frame season three as the Elliot, Elliot season. season. And so then, as a result, I think... Okay. I, sorry, go on. Sorry, sorry. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you about Parker and Hardison together and Nate and Sophie together. Because a lot of their development is interdependent. Mm-hmm. And their relationship is really, like, exemplified. Yeah. So I think it's easier to ask you about them together rather than individually because it might
0: be a bit harder for you to articulate like,
1: if we're doing individuals.
0: Yeah. So you sounded like you had a point. I'll let you do
1: that, and then I'll ask you.
0: Yes. Okay. So you've just told me that season four is your preferred season. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction that season four is Parker's season. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> pop that out there because you're a Parker girly through and through, and I think that that would just make sense. so (laughs) i'm gonna stick with my guns on that one i might be proven wrong okay but i'm i just think that that would that would make sense to me Mm -hmm. personally i also just want to like quickly wrap up on elliot that i do hope that we get to like obviously this was like his season quote Mm -hmm. unquote but i really hope that we get to maybe explore the fallout of this reveal and like obviously like we're getting a bit of information about He's obviously very, very self conscious, I suppose, or like feels feels guilty about the things mm-hmm. that he has done in the past. And I would love to see him get to kind of deal with it all being brought up, and like in the fallout of Moreau being taken down. However, I understand that that is probably unlikely. Mm-hmm. What I do hope we do get to see, and what I do think is a little mi- more likely given what leverage is as a show, is that I hope we get to see him feeling safe. Mm. And theref- because Moreau's gone and that threat has been like removed, that's been looming over him, which means that I hope we get to see him a bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I hope we maybe get to see a change in his character in the sense of him having less of a weight on his shoulders, because I think that could be really fun. Okay, anyone listening at home, the plot line
1: in season five? You know exactly. Oh, so I'm
0: skipping a season.
1: Yeah, you, you know exactly what plotline I'm thinking of in season five, as Beth says that. If you're not unsure, you can you can come and
0: talk to me. Cool beans, call cool beans, call cool beans. All right, good to know. Psychic Beth is in the house. <laughs> okay, but yes, I'm all done with Elliot.
1: Okay, lovely. I think I want to ask about Nate and Sophie next. Okay, how are you feeling about them both individually and as their relationship
0: sort of? evolves okay evolves is a fun word so i think the elephant in the room is that obviously at the end of the season they sleep together i said in the episode and i'm going to reiterate here that doesn't feel like a monumentous thing to Mm. me and i don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing but i think that when i saw it right when elliot goes into the room and you see nate in the bed i was oh i was immediately like oh sophie's in the bed like it's they've a, set up very clearly yeah it, it's very what it actually really reminded me of was when monica and chandler sleep together yeah. in friends and it's the exact same setup like joey comes in the room and like you know he leaves and then monica pops up mm-hmm. it's 100 percent it, exactly the same trope and don't get me wrong i love the trope yeah but the difference is when you find it's a couple like monica and chandler you're like oh my god like that's it's the shock value like yeah. she pops up and you're like Oh, my God. And suddenly it's like you've got a million different implications and blah, blah, blah. And that's yeah. where the, the sort of value of that trope comes in. Mm-hmm. With Nate and Sophie, it's kind of like I don't feel like it was that effective. Like, I understand why they did it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it has the same effect because it doesn't feel like there are stakes to that as much as with, like, another example. Like, for another example could be, like, um, Booth and Bones. Yeah. From Bones, you know,
1: and... (laughs) I love how you needed to elaborate. Well,
0: Well, I don't know. People may not have seen it. You know, like, I think that there are relationships where that kind of trope makes a lot of sense and has that shock value that comes from the second person, like, popping their head out from under the sheets. In this particular instance, I feel like it's maybe supposed to leave the audience with a sense of, oh, my God, they did it. And for me, I was like, I don't know, man. It just kind of feels like... That makes sense. <laughs> like it, like it, 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 all roads have been leading here. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not I'm not shocked. It's not like a intriguing plot line for me. Yeah. It doesn't feel For
1: me, it's less so about sort of them and their relationship and more the fact that this development in their relationship has the potential to alter the dynamics within the team.
0: And see, I would agree, except that I think that. The dynamic already exists. They're already
1: acting like they're fucking. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think that's <laughs> part At least they're actually fucking. Exactly. And so part of me is kind of like, yes, it will change their relationship because ultimately their relationship has changed, mm-hmm. right, with this new element. But also the key components of the like romantic involved relationship was already there. It was only the physical yeah. nature that was missing. And even in saying that, like who is to say that a physical nature of a romantic relationship is even missing? Like mm-hmm. that is just, yeah, You know, it's not a required component. And so, like, I personally don't think that it feels like a monumentous thing. And honestly, I feel like this is way... on. Here's what I actually think it is. This development feels way less likely to me to have any kind of negative implications than whatever the fuck they had going on in season one with, yeah, like, true. the wedding job. Like, the wedding job and their whole, like, fucking you know situation there was way Mm. way more of a concern to like the safety and well-being and cohesiveness of the unit than them fucking three seasons later do you know and so yeah anyway moving on from this because (laughs) this is not the only thing i think about them as characters but yeah i I just we had to get the elephant out in the room out of the way in general this season i have much preferred nate as a character. I think that's been obvious. Like, my shift in my opinion on Nate from season one through season three has been pretty significant. And we got a very important Nate development this season. (laughs) We we did. We got Jimmy. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy
1: Ford. Jimmy, Jimmy
0: Ford. And here's the thing about Jimmy Ford. I don't like (laughs) him. Wow, strong words from Bethany. I know. This is, like, probably a wild take, you know, like... (laughs) shit you know pouring that tea no like but the thing is i don't like jimmy ford in the way that i don't like a good feeling yeah like the thing that bothered me so much about nate was that i was supposed to like him and i just thought he was just fucking annoying jimmy i understand i'm not supposed to like and so that the fact that i don't like him it feels fine mm. i'm like yeah i don't like him he sucks and i'm that's good you know it's like all of the marks. that's how i am meant to feel about him yeah exactly it's like all of the marks and leverage like no i don't particularly like them. But that's actually good. I'm not supposed to. Like, and this is where, like, not throwback Supernatural, but, like, the difference between, like, John in Supernatural and Jimmy in Leverage is that John is, like, flip-floppity painted as you're supposed to hate him or you're supposed to like him. And it's like, but I fucking hate him. So he's annoying because I'm like, no, don't make it like I'm supposed to like him. He's a piece of shit, you know. You've just spent four episodes establishing he's a a piece piece of shit. shit. Don't act like, oh, he's just a good guy now. No, don't pull that crap on me. And then it's frustrating. It's annoying. But in this instance, he's a piece of shit, and we know he's a piece of shit, And, like, I do think that his relationship to Nate is fucking fascinating. Mm -hmm. And, like, who Nate is comparatively. And, like, the fact that Jimmy is obviously, like... If you're going to just break it down to, like, their moral drives. Yeah. Jimmy is obviously, like, of a a lower moral standard than Nate. Right? But Nate is more ruthless. Mm -hmm. And that is an interesting dynamic to have. So, like, I really hope... And I don't know if it's likely. I'm actually presuming it's probably not. But I would really like to see them interact again Mm -hmm. or to have some kind of plot happening where, like, Jimmy's involved and they don't realise maybe or, like... I I just feel like that interaction between those two characters shouldn't be done yet. Basically, you're just hoping he comes back from Ireland. Yeah. Like, I... I also think it would just be really, really funny for him and Sophie to interact. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I just think it would be really fun for me personally. Okay. Yeah. Like, I just want that in my life. I feel like Sophie would tear that man a new one. And I personally would love to see it. But yes, so the Nate-Jimmy dynamic was fascinating this season. I appreciate it that we didn't really have a focus on Nate's drinking this season. Mm-hmm. It's the first season we haven't really had yeah. that come back up. And I am so glad because yeah. I think I said in our last season wrap up, I'm really fucking done with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand, like, in real life, you know, the ebb and flow of, of addiction is, you know, very tricky and it will be have a very long trajectory. But in terms of media – the plot had run its course. Yeah. And whether or not they bring it up again in the next two seasons, they very well might. But having had this break from it, I think that if they do bring it up again, I will be way less annoyed about it. Because like we've had some time from it and some distance and so many things have changed in that season that if it came up again, it would be yeah. less monotonous. Yeah. For Nathan. And it's character.
1: also at this point, it's like we've established that on a day-to-day basis he's sort of hit an equilibrium of It's like a plateau. Yeah, it's a plateau. Mm-hmm. He's not sober, but he's also not getting blackout drunk on jobs anymore. Yeah. So, like, he's hit a point where it's still not healthy, but he's no longer constantly fucking obliterated. Yeah. You know, like, so we've, we've hit that thing. So for him to get knocked out of that equilibrium, something would have happened. Like, he it's not the sort of thing where you just fall out of, yeah. Like, they're setting it up as if he does – it's because of something. It's yeah. not just like, oh, he's
0: just drunk again.
1: Yeah. But yeah. He's just spiraling out of the control, which is the same spiral he's been on.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: For the last, like, two, two seasons. seasons. Lovely. Yeah. Do you have any other specific thoughts about – you talked about
0: Nate a lot. Do you have any other specific thoughts about Sophie? I was just going to say, like, coming off of Nate's drinking, I think that he had to sort that aspect of his life for him and Sophie yeah. to have – a future like Mm -hmm. an actual viable future that makes sense and is not like inherently yeah troubled i suppose
1: and so like that brings. well i mean you made the joke last episode they've slept together now so what's next like marriage marriage,
0: kids retirement like yeah exactly and so that kind of brings me to sophie sophie is the sweetest baby angel and i fucking adore her but she's also fucking terrifying yeah (laughs) but she's my baby girl and she's done nothing wrong in her life you know and I I love her. I love her. I love that she she doesn't take shit. Mm. And I love that for her. I also think that, like, Sophie has really come a long way. And this isn't specific to this season, but this is just, like, her character in general. And this kind of applies to all of the team, but I specifically think for Sophie more so than the others. She has really come a long way from season one and her kind of, like, self-centric mm point of view in terms of like especially with like the David job and the two like the two David jobs part one and two like this idea of her wanting to prove that like she can do it and like blah 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 and she's not involving the rest of the crew Mm -hmm. and she's kind of like doing it on her own back and all this stuff compare that with the Rashomon job and like this competitive nature that she's bringing to her retelling but like All of us – like, just the energy in the discussion is so different. And, like, yes, she's trying to prove that she stole the dagger and stuff, but, like, there's this banter and this, like, sort of lightheartedness to it. And then when they decide to go after it again, it's about the crew going after it again. It's not about Sophie going, like, well, I'm going to do it to prove a point kind of thing. Like, I just – I don't really know how to articulate it very well off the top of my head, but something about the comparison of those two or three, I suppose, mm. episodes just really sits nicely for me as, like, a Sophie, yeah, like, point. And Not necessarily the completion of it, her arc, but no. a nice check-in point to be, like, look at the growth. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think that... Having Sophie back this season, because obviously she was missing for a large chunk of season two. And honestly, that also kind of falls into why I think I prefer season three. Like, as much as I love Tara, Mm -hmm. I missed Sophie. And having her back this season just felt so good. And, like, I really hope that – and I have high hopes for this, actually, because Leverage so far has been pretty pretty good in terms of their treatment of the female characters involved and things – but I really hope that her whole character doesn't become Nate's girlfriend kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, I really, really hope that they're able to keep her character really separate and strong and individual. Because she is such an iconic and, like, spectacular character in and her also, own right. the only reason her
1: and Nate work is because they are equals.
0: Yes. Because they both have the
1: same force behind their personalities. That mean they can keep up with each other. Yeah. If they drop the force of Sophie's personality to basically just be Nate's no, girlfriend. Yeah. That's actually inherently doing that relationship a disservice. Yes. Because the reason they work so well together is cuz they are equals.
0: Yeah. 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 And I I don't really have much else to say on Sophie's growth particularly this season because Mm. I think that that was last season's job Mm. and this season just really gets to exemplify how fucking good she is at what she does and I think honestly shows the growth that she had in season two but I don't think that at any particular point or at least nothing that's standing out to me do we get to see any explicit moments of like oh this is like definitely Sophie growing like it's just sort of an undercurrent after Mm -hmm. the events of season two. And I do still feel like maybe she was robbed a little in in the season two finale. And that's kind of what I'm worried about with her and Nate. Because like it, I don't want them getting together to be a Nate story. Yeah. The same way that her coming back to the team ended up being about Nate's realization or his, you know, proclamation that he's a thief. Like I don't want her story and her character to be overshadowed by Nate's just by virtue. Do you know what I mean? So I really hope that going into season four, we get to see Sophie's character continue to thrive independently. Okay, well, obviously I can't say too much about that, but I also yeah. I like the Sophie Nate
1: storyline and where they go with it from here. Okay, fine. so if that if that reassures you in any way. It does,
0: yeah. So do you know what's really funny? Actually, not to like date the podcast recording, but you know. We just had the teaser trailer for Barbie, the movie, by uh, directed by Greta Goway, come out. And I'm living for it. And you know how the whole thing is like, this Barbie is president. And that's just Ken. Like, that's kind of... (laughs) Like, I understand that Nate is... She's a diplomat. He's Ken. Ken. You know? (laughs) And, like, I understand that Nate isn't just Ken in this scenario. But, like, I also... Sophie is... Barbie in this relationship, you know? And I would hate to see her reduced to just Ken, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no. In this, they're kind of both Barbie. Mm -hmm. But inherently, Sophie is more Barbie. I don't know how else to put it. But, like, I just... It's the baby girlification of Sophie. I just don't want either of them to become Ken. (laughs) I guess is my point. Like, they are both Barbies in their own right. And I don't want them to be Ken. (laughs) No shade on Ken, by the way. Ken has his place. This <laughs> is <laughs> the dirt next to a half-squish sh- Okay.
1: I think if that's... Sophie and I that- Let's go on to Parker Hardison. How are you feeling about them together, separately? What are, what are, what are your thoughts? What are you feeling? What oh, are your emotions?
0: They're my favorite little angel babies, and I love them. Mm. I love them. Season three gave us pretzels. And pretzels. I, see, this is the thing. I season honestly at this point, season three supremacy, like honestly, mm. it it just gave so much. And like the fact that you're saying that you prefer season four, and like, yes, we have some differences in our opinions on media, but typically we generally have like the same general yeah. like overview of similar. Mm. Yeah. And I trust your judgment, just generally speaking. I cannot wait. To see what the fuck they're gonna do with this and season. I care way more about what they're gonna do with Parker and Hardison than I give any shits about what's gonna happen with Nate and Sophie. One, because I think Nate and Sophie is just more predictable. But yeah. two, because the dynamic of Parker and Hardison, as a I'm gonna talk about them together and then yeah. I'll talk about them separately. Like you did with Nate and Sophie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the dynamic between them, particularly going into, like they're clearly leaning into like a romantic pairing, okay. and I am so here for that. But the way that they're doing it is so unique like it's not like it's will they won't they but it's not like it feels guaranteed end game yeah but you're also just not quite sure the when and the how and the way that it's going to happen because particularly for parker this is not this is this is new territory mm. and it's scary and it's you know it, it's it yeah it's scary and I think that just the way that they're approaching it and, like, the way that their relationship is so specific to them as characters. Like, the way that their their relationship has developed, like, the whole pretzels thing, like, is so perfect for them. Nate and Sophie wouldn't make any fucking no. sense. Because it's not who the characters are. Like... I just feel like the Parker and Hardison thing has just developed so organically and it just feels so genuine. Like they just like each other and you don't have to have these big dramatic like, I mean I'm, I'm going to like mirror them a little bit with Nate and Sophie here, but like Nate and Sophie feels very like they clash and there's lots of passion there and there's yeah. lots of you know really big emotions happening. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, there are big emotions happening with Parker and Hardison, but they're way more like, there's. it feels like there's more depth. Yeah. Because it's a lot less splashing around on the surface and a lot more like still waters run deep kind of mm. thing. And it's just so fucking wholesome. And there's just such a level of care there. And like the fact that You know, Hardison obviously really, really likes Parker, but he's not going to push. No. And he's not going to do the whole, like, that whole fucking thing where it's like, if I just keep asking her out eventually, I'll wear her down and she'll say yes kind of thing. Like, there's none of that crap. It's just like, they have an understanding. There's that mutual respect. Yeah, yeah. And he understands that she's going to need some time. And that's okay, you know. And she understands that he understands that. And it's just so nice. And they obviously care about each other so much. It's just very sweet to watch it unfold. Mm -hmm. And I do really love that we get these little moments throughout the seasons where you can really see it. But a lot of the time it kind of takes the back burner Mm -hmm. for whatever else is happening for them individually. And now I'm going to split this up a little bit hardison of the five of the crew Mm -hmm. i feel like we've got the least yeah just generally like we've Mm -hmm. got we've had a few allusions to the fact that he's like young and cocky and you've kind of talked about this before we specifically got it and i don't remember which episode but like nate was like he specifically asked nate like you know that he's interested in maybe running a crew of his own one day i think maybe it was with the hypnotism was that that episode yes yes And so very early on in the season. And Nate had this whole thing about, like, you know, you you don't have what it takes. Like, you don't have the, like, leadership. You don't have the, like, sort of bigger picture view sort of thing. And he's not wrong. No. You know? And so that's kind of all we've gotten from hardison otherwise i feel like he does often get used as like comic relief yeah like he is very much respected for what he do he do he do he's very much respected for what he brings to the team but ultimately he does function as a comic relief character a lot mm-hmm. and like that's not necessarily a complaint it's just an observation it's also just Aldous Hodge is a fantastic comedian. Oh, actor. yeah, he's fucking
1: hilarious. And of the, the five of them, Hardison has the least baggage. Yeah. Like, just generally speaking, he has the least, considering we've just come out of the Elliot baggage season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> followed closely by the Sophie baggage season and the, the Nate, Nate baggage, baggage season. season. Um, And Parker just gets baggage Sprinkled
0: here, there, everywhere. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's like... Of the five of them, he definitely just has the least amount of baggage, which means that he's typically the least serious character in a situation, Mm -hmm. and Abbas Hodge is just comedic
0: acting goals. Yeah, he's phenomenal. And I just feel like Hardison's character, we haven't really seen that much significant change. Like, we have. Like, but no more than any of the other characters, just on, like, a base level. But the difference is we haven't had, like, too much in the way of, like, this is a Hardison episode to yeah. the point where I don't think we have had an episode where we've said this is a Hardison episode, but we've definitely had episodes for the rest of them where we've been like, this is a Nate episode, this is a yeah. Sophie episode, this is a Parker or an Elliot
1: episode. We've had a couple of what I would call Hardison episodes, but they're they're not this they're not and episodes. Like you get a Parker episode, right? Yeah. We are thinking of the same like four episodes. I can almost guarantee yeah. the stalk job, the future job, the inside job, the boost job. Yeah, like hundred percent Parker episodes. Yeah, like no question. You know, like you know, I can think of like maybe two or three different Sophie episodes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When they are like Parker, Sophie, Elliot, Nate, they are in your face with it. In your face. The episodes that I can think of that are hardest in episodes, they're a lot more subtle. Yeah. in being hardest in episodes. I would still count them as such, but if you're not looking at them through a Hardison lens, Mm. they do sort of fly under
0: the surface as just, like, a general episode. Yeah, like, I'm going to be real. The episodes, like, if I had to pick, like, a Hardison episode, Mm. I'm literally thinking of every time he's lost a car. (laughs) Like, any time a Lucille has been lost in the casualties of war, that's a Hardison episode. But, like... So you're, like, the ho-ho-ho job. That's Hardison. (laughs) You know, but, like... Actually, I would say yes, because chaos is also there. Yeah. Like, I also think an episode with chaos, like, is more likely to be, like, a hardest... Because mm. there's, like, a little bit more yeah. of an emphasis put on what he's doing and, yeah. and whatnot. And he's like, Like And, like, and you could
1: almost call, like, the two-life crew job a hardest episode. Except for the fact that it's an everyone, everyone episode, episode. Because everyone gets the same treatment in that episode. Exactly. And it's just an episode with a lot of depth for a lot of people. Exactly.
0: So, like... Mm. I, I struggled to pinpoint Hardison's yeah. exact growth because yeah. I think he has grown as a character, but I don't think he has grown in any specific facet as a character yeah. necessarily outside of the general, like, overarching moral growth that yeah. all of them have sort of simultaneously gone on, right? Yeah. As we said at the start of season two,
1: look at what you've done. You've taken a bunch of criminals and you've given a moral. Exactly. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... I don't know if I have too much to say about him specifically, except again, let my boy Hardison be mad. Mm. Let him be angry. 2023. Hardison's year to be pissy. <laughs> you know, like that's, I just really hope they just let him actually get to have a satisfactory resolution to any of the things that he's been very rightfully annoyed about. I just, please. <laughs> All right, love You've gone on about
1: Hardison a little bit any more to add on Hardison, or would you no. like to move on to Parker?
0: No, Parker, Parker is next. Parker is my absolute babe. I love her so much. She can do no wrong. She's Mm -hmm. done nothing wrong in her life ever. That is an objective fact. Yeah. Um, No, I love her. I think that I think that we've had a couple of episodes this season which have done a lot to give us some Parker background, Mm -hmm. and I love that. Like, obviously, you mentioned a couple before. We had the – oh, God, was the Inside. Was the future job this season or last season? Last season. Last season. We had the inside job, and we had the – Boost job. Boost job. Is the other really Parker episode this season. And both of those episodes did so much to give us a look at where parker has come from and the ways in which like the situations or the circumstances under which she learned her craft mm. and i think that it shows a lot because everyone else kind of chose to go in this direction like elliot you know went into the military out mm. of school which like there's a whole discussion had there about yeah. choice, but you know, ultimately that's what he decided to do. Sophie decided, as far as I'm aware, to go into, you mm-hmm. know, grifting and stuff. We see Nate's choice yes. being made, and Hardison again, like, as far as I'm aware, just chose to go into he had to pay this... Nana's medical bills. Yeah. And he worked
1: out that you could
0: hack the Bank of Iceland and pay Nana's medical bills. Exactly. Which, goals, love that for him. But, you know, like, they made decisions mm. specifically because they kind of wanted to go into these tracks, yeah. right? And, like, yes, there are various circumstances around it yeah. that influence those decisions, yeah. but ultimately they made those choices parker on the other hand parker was pushed into these choices parker had so much around her like like obviously we don't have a whole bunch of information about her life before she met archie but the implication as i interpret it is that she was like for whatever reason in foster situations which were not great you know so she She, blew them up she got out of there (laughs) got out of there and then she fell into a criminal ring who was stealing cars. Yeah, exactly. And, like, she, as a minor, like, not even – like, barely even a teenager. Like yeah, she's like teen. 11, 12, 13, something around yeah. that. We here in Australia would have referred to her as a 12 you know, yeah. like, in – Went this, to juvie for six months because she got caught wasting a car, right? You know, and, like, all of these things, which – and also, like, her crew – fucking dropped her like a hot potato and ran Mm -hmm. like she was taking the full for these crimes that she wasn't necessarily actually like she wasn't the mastermind you know but she was the one who was easy to implicate Mm -hmm. and become the scapegoat and from there like once she has that criminal record and like you know She's clearly not going to get into an education because she's fucking homeless. And, like, she needs to do something to support herself. She needs to find some way to stop herself from dying on the street. Yeah. You know, like, because obviously the foster system is not going to help her out. She's tried, She's been there, done that. Yeah. It's not fucking helpful. You know, and so she meets Archie. And then Archie, for, like, lack of better term, like, pushes her into a life of crime. Just, like, instills this... He basically looks at her and goes, you could be a mini-me. Yeah. And then makes her that. And she, at the time, is, again, to reiterate, fully homeless. Yeah. Right? Right. Scrounging for fucking any cash for food for basic necessities, she's not even a teenager yet, like, or like maybe she's like 15, absolute max, you know. Like, she doesn't have an education, she definitely does not have access to healthcare, she does not have access to a stable home life, any kind of support network. She is the most vulnerable you can yeah. be, basically. And then Archie comes in,
1: basically offers her the most support network she's ever had, which is. Him, one man, mm-hmm. who's training him, her to be him, basically. Yeah. And I think it's implied that he gives her, like, stability of, like, a warehouse to live in, but a
0: warehouse is not a home. Yeah, and, like, all the while, com- like, telling her that she is not worth bringing home to his real family. Yeah. And I'm using air quotes, because that is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. Like... I'm still mad about that at the end of that episode he didn't say something to the effect of you were real family like it's my bad you were always real family because she deserved to hear it yeah and like she the amount of background information we get on Parker just in those two episodes alone and the amount of like the way that you realise that even though he has basically trained and like just created what he thought Parker was yeah And then comparatively, when he sees who she actually is working at an age group, like, seeing her make those independent decisions, seeing her choose her own values. Choose to do the right thing, even Mm -hmm. if it's
1: not the easy thing.
0: Yeah, or, like, not the smartest, Mm -hmm. like, criminal decision, you know? Like, I just think that it was – I'm really glad that he got to see that she is not – just what he made her Mm -hmm. she is her own person and she has she created herself like i want to be very clear here he thinks he created parker yeah he did not she created herself and she bust her ass to get to where she is and like yeah he was there but he gave her the fucking bare minimum absolutely like you know it's I think that this season has done so much, just just in those two episodes alone, let alone anything else, mm. to show what Parker has overcome. And I know I, like, joked before about, like, I think season four is going to be a Parker season because, like, you she's yeah. your blobo. But genuinely, if last season having Elliot be a little sleazy through a couple of episodes was priming us for this season, I would love to think that those couple of episodes of Parker's background are priming us for next season. Because I, she has so much fascinating shit going on in the background. Oh my god! Which reminds me, I forgot to mention we find out about one of Sophie's oldest, like longest uh, aliases. Yes, and I, she's a duchess. Need to know more about that next season. That is on my fucking wish list. Like. You know, I think that we also got a really, really interesting insight into what Sophie's life used to look like, and I really, really, really want to find out more about that as well. And I kind of hope that maybe through the function of Nate and Sophie's relationship, like, moving up a level, I suppose, like... I kind of hope that we maybe get to see her be a little more vulnerable and in that instance, like, elaborate on some of her past experiences more. Like, that's kind of – I hope we get to learn more about Sophie through the function of their relationship rather than her character becoming about their relationship. Yeah. And same with Parker and Hardison. Like, I don't want their characters to become about their relationship because I think they are so much more valuable as just who they are as individuals with the fact that they're interested in each other as a side plot. Yeah. You know? All right, lovely. So I think we should move on. Yeah, sorry, I got really mad about he Parker. Did? Yeah. I, I love her so much. She deserves so much good. And people just keep using and abusing her, and I hate to see it, you know? Yep. I also hate to see
1: it. I also love Parker more than anything. Okay, so I think we need to go on. What are your
0: top five episodes of the season? Oh, let me get up my little list of notes and see what sticks out. Okay. Oh, there are so many good ones this season. I mean, I
1: obviously know one of them. The others all are, like, I I couldn't tell one from the other. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely know that in your top five, you're going to have the three-card Monty job. Yeah, obviously.
0: I think, here's the thing. I really like a lot of the episodes this season. Like I said, like, the standalone episodes this season, I think have come up such a a level of, just such a level (laughs) since seasons one and two. I think the three-card Monty job, that was the one where I watched it and I was like, this, this is it. This is peak fucking leverage. And I might go back and compare them later and, and, you know, my opinion might change. But I think as it stands on a single watch through, I have to give it my top spot to yeah. the three card Monty job. Like it's just, I loved that episode so fucking much. I think, I think after that, I did really like the big bang job. Yeah. I did really like it. I liked, the reveal, I, the tension was really good in the episode. I actually preferred it to the San Lorenzo job, yeah. just generally. So I think maybe that mm-hmm. comes second. The Rashomon job, Yeah, I fucking loved. The boost mm-hmm. job, I fucking loved. Gone Fishing job was really fun. I think that the Scheherazade job, like, I don't know. Like, the thing is, a lot of these episodes are just, like, Base level good. Yeah. So it's it's kind of hard to pick a top five necessarily. Yeah. I think I've definitely got a top three. So my top three, I would argue, would be the three card Monty job, uh the interchangeably, the big bang job and the boost job for yeah. different reasons, and then the Roshan job. I think just just refreshing like going back over the titles and like so thinking a little bit four. about it. Yeah. I think I think that's gonna be it. I did – if I'm going to put in a five, actually, I'll say The Jailhouse Job, purely because I think it was a really fun intro to the season. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the way – it was way better once you watched the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was so – it made way more sense once I had the context of the opening of the episode. But (laughs) that one, I thought it was super interesting to see the different ways that the team worked as individuals to kind of flesh out the plan. And also, I thought it was really – creative, the way that they managed to get Nate out of that Mm -hmm. situation. So I think maybe that goes in my number five spot. Yeah.
1: All right, lovely. And so we get to the dreaded five worst episodes of the season.
0: I. This might be a bit controversial. Yeah. I – oh, the reunion job, that was also really good. Fuck. Okay, here's the thing. Looking at these titles, thinking back on them, I don't think I have five that I would classify as even bad. So I don't think I can actually – do a worst five because like I I don't think any of them were bad. What I will say though is the ho 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 job I don't count as canon. For me I'm like that doesn't count because it feels so much like a holiday special that I'm like I feel like you could completely remove it and you wouldn't miss it at all. And like don't get me wrong it's a fun episode I didn't not like it I just think that if I had to remove an episode from this season, that would be the one to go. Yeah. So for that purpose, I'm going to put that as in this category yeah. of, like, episodes I didn't love as much. And I think, and this is the bit that might be a little controversial, I think the San Lorenzo job. Yeah. Because you loved the second up, but the payoff just wasn't quite worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the whole, like, election, yeah. like, plot line, you know, I really enjoyed that concept. I really liked. It's a fun episode, but a little underwhelming after the Big Bang job. It's a fun episode, a little underwhelming after the Big Bang job, but ultimately a little underwhelming as a season finale. Given how much they hyped up um, Moreau the whole season. Like, ultimately, I was a little let down in terms of it being a finale. It just didn't feel like one. So mm-hmm. I think that as much as I genu- generally liked that episode, mm-hmm. it, I just don't think that Moreau ended up having the gravitas that he had been built up to having. Yeah. So I think I think that's going to go under that category. But again, there wasn't really a bad episode this season. So this is just sort of for the sake of it. Yes. And as for the sake of having a bad, quote unquote, category. All right.
1: Lovely. I think that was all of the questions that we Oh, I forgot the the most big question. So what do you think the next season is going to be about?
0: I mean, I've kind of joked about it already. I do think it's going to be a Parker-centric episode uh, episode. I do think it's going to be a Parker-centric season just because I'm really sticking to my guns on my original prediction about each season being about a character. Like I think it's basically all but confirmed at this point. We've been 3 for 3 now. And so I think it's going to be Parker. I'm If that is correct, I'm really looking forward to it. I feel like the end of this season, obviously, we left off on Elliot finally having a bit of freedom. He doesn't feel like he's got this like cloud of Moreau hanging over him. However, this does mean that there's now a power vacuum because mm-hmm. Moreau's been taken out. And so there is a possibility, and whether they go into it or not, because again, Leverage is not like a big overarching plot type show, but there is a possibility that they could look at what the fallout is of Moreau being mm. taken down, because it not only means that, oh, sorry, I just realised one other thing that I didn't love about this season, very quickly, no Sterling. No, no Sterling. And that was one of the other things that bumped me out about the San Lorenzo job, because they set him up as in Interpol. Yeah. Like it, 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 it was right there. Like, it seems like an obvious setup, like, that he would sort of, at some point, swoop in, or at least be part yeah. of a press conference or something that is televised, like, yeah. and maybe it was just that they couldn't get Mark Shepard. He is, like, you know, a very in-demand actor, but I would have loved to see Sterling, and it would have made a lot of sense. But, that aside, um, there's going to be, yeah, a power vacuum now that Moreau is gone, and the likelihood of, like, some sort of criminal underground collapse, just in general, because, like the tippy top of the pyramid just kind of fell off you know so something there's going to be some sort of ramifications there it's just whether or not they actually explore it like they will definitely happen it's just whether or not we see it um so that's a possibility obviously nate and sophie i really hope that we don't see a lot of drama around their relationship because honestly i just don't know if i care that much like we've had so much drama for them in the first two seasons i feel like if they you know, officially quote unquote get together and then it's just dramatic again. I'm I'm gonna be a little bit annoyed. Just because I just can't be bothered with it. But I also think that some drama is probably inevitable. I would love to see Parker and Hardison's little situation develop a little bit more in whatever capacity that may be. I think that they're very sweet and very fun. Um yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's kinda it. Oh, and I would like to see I would like to see Sterling back and I would like to see Tara back. Yeah. And I would like to see Maggie back. This mm-hmm. is just turning into a list of characters that I want. I want Mick Sweeten and Target and... Sorry, Target. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I also want Adam and Maria, as always. Look, I can guarantee that we will see at least some of those characters this season. Oh my god, Adam and Maria? <laughs> my babies? You What's so funny is I really didn't like the wedding job. I actually fucking... Really didn't like it. But Adam and Maria, I miss them. Like, they're all... I know that I won't get them back. Realistically, I know that. We get two minutes
1: worth of screen time with them, basically.
0: Yeah, but they're my little my little babies. They're my unconventional blurbos, just like you with Zacky Boy and Meg. Yeah,
1: but they get actual plot lines.
0: Uh, Adam and Maria get actual plot lines in my heart, okay? But yeah, I think that's all. I don't have any, like, big major thoughts about season four. I don't think that, other than the Nate-Sophie thing and Parker saying, you know what I feel like, pretzels. Yeah. I, I don't think that they really gave us anything to lead into season four specifically. Like, obviously, at the end of season two, we had Nate go to prison, and that's kind yeah. of sets up season three. three. That- but other than that, like, I don't think anything really sets up season four in the same way. So, mm. it's kind of a an open plot, really. They could do anything. The world's their oyster. All right. Yeah, I think, that was, I think that's it. I think that's all the stuff in <laughs> the You enough. look like you just had, like, a... <laughs> I'm just, I am. A moment. Like, Era 404, Jamie's brain not working.
1: Jamie's brain not working. I'm just, I'm so excited for you to see
0: the next season.
1: <laughs> I, I love it. Okay. Well, I think that's all that we normally cover in our season recaps and our season four pre thoughts. So hopefully you'll join us again for season four. I am so excited. It is definitely my favorite season, but. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to interact with us at all, you can find us on various social media platforms. All of the links will be in our description. Um, So feel free to come and hang out with us there. If you want to talk to us about anything, you're more than welcome to, but we do suggest some conversation topics normally at the end of these. Not that I can really think of any, but
0: yeah, I I don't think I was just how like, are
1: you feeling better. The whole time you were saying that spiel, I was like, "Fuck, what am I going to say?" People could talk to us. About? Look, you can you <laughs> can talk to me about what your thoughts of season like, what your season rankings are. Um, what you think of season four but you just can't really talk to Beth about these things yeah
0: don't tell me shit don't tell Beth <laughs> shit that's Do what? the rule I, of the podcast actually what you can tell me is what you think your top five and bottom five episodes mm. for this season are because I had a lot of trouble like I just think that a lot of these episodes were baseline just really good and so it's hard to differentiate which ones are the best and which ones are the worst if you have strong opinions on this by god please mm. tell me let me know I'm happy, to, I'm happy to be swayed you know well thank you so much for listening today and We'll have you back for next season, hopefully. For the long way down job, I'm so excited. You have no, <laughs> like I, like I just came to see if I happen to perfectly get spoiled for the next episode. I think that would be really fucking funny. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.